0: Hello,
1: and welcome back to the Spooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Jameson, we got Ty. And guys, another stressful OU game that uh, went down to the wire. None of us were anticipating um, a close game with Nebraska, who you know, struggled to start the season. Um, but yeah, again, a lot of issues from the Sooners. Jameson, what, what went wrong?
0: Well, I mean, a lot of, um, you know, after the Tulane game, a lot of the fans were facetiously saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to just falter and all this stuff. And they said that, but, you know, some of us said that too, like, but do we actually mean it? And now after that game, we're actually starting to mean it. Um, There's a lot of concerning things and it comes down to the offense, number one. Uh, Spencer Rattler as, as the head of the helm, can he lead this team to be an elite team moving forward is a huge question. And that defensive back crew, um, are they're not healthy enough? And is it going to be the Oklahoma Sooners of the past where we couldn't guard anybody? Yeah, no, there definitely
1: a lot of red flags, uh, are appearing and, um, you know, some of them are stuff we've been talking about all off season that aren't issues that, continue to be issues and uh, definitely definitely startling. Ty, your takeaways uh from Saturday's game.
2: Yeah, offensively just atrocious. I mean, I, I know we were sort of commemorating the the game of the year 50 years ago, but we didn't have to play like it was a uh, a football game from the 70s. Like uh I did not think that the I, the over under for this game, I think it was 64 or something. I keep getting it wrong. It was it was in the 60s. Like it was it was just uh, astonishing, and it just offensively uh, from OU, atrocious. But at the same time, like equally atrocious to make Adrian Martinez look like a, a competent quarterback. Because I mean, like he's—if if you guys have been following Nebraska, there have been people saying that Frost should be fired just for not benching him. Like he's—he's he's legitimately that not great of a quarterback, and we made him look great. And then, you know, I, we're going to dive into it, but just the very first Nebraska drive of the game, when they went for it on fourth and converted, it was just so many flashbacks of just, Holy shit. This is the same OU that we've always known where people just not only can people do, you know, more or less whatever they want against our defense, which I understand they only scored 16 points against us, but when you just go for it on fourth, and just get it, no problem, and I understand they they went for it two more times, they only converted one-fourth down, but that's just when people don't even when people can move the ball against your defense, but at the same time, like it's just in their game plan that they have no respect for for what you guys can do in the secondary it's just atrocious and it it didn't look we didn't look any different, we look like the same old OU teams that we've known for the past few years except this time, the offense sucks too, so I mean it felt like a loss it was a win it felt like a loss to me
1: i i get that and you know it obviously a frustrating game um and defensively that that was a big that was that's the story of the game the defense couldn't get nebraska's offense off the field they did great through you know downs 1 and 2 um and on some occasions 3 but nebraska playing the way they were you know des- you know just desperation football, um, ou just ou for the most part couldn't get to him on fourth down, whether it was uh, whether it was pressure or just gaping holes in the secondary, um, you know Nebraska Nebraska was able to just stay on the field and a lot of people have mentioned this, uh, and you know I, I had touched on it with some friends after the game, it felt very similar to Army in the sense that. OU had so little possessions. I believe they only had eight true possessions. If you actually look at um, if you actually look at the box score, OU's offense just could not get on the field. Um, when it did, it was very pedestrian. I'm um, not sure. Very they, they pedestrian.
2: Beat us, they beat us time of possession by seven minutes, one second. Uh, yeah. So number of possessions wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. No, it, it was – Oh, his offense just couldn't get on the field. And that, that was a, a detriment to the team. And, you know, those third and longs, fourth and longs, you know, it's, it's unacceptable. Um, and, you, but you gotta get, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Nebraska played a hell of a game. They game planned the hell out of this, uh, Martinez, you know, well, yeah, you made him look like a Heisman candidate. Uh, he still had, you know, the game of his career maybe. So, you know, that, that can't happen. Um, OU's got to get better, but at the end of the day, it's a win. This is, I'd much rather be talking about two disappointing, you know, kind of tough wins than the situation we were last year where we blew it to Iowa state and Kansas state and our season's over. So um, yeah, definitely tough, definitely a long ways to go. And OU's got to shape up uh, because they got, they got some tough competition coming up Kansas state uh, and Texas you know, down the line. So it's, it's only going to heat up. It's only going to get harder from here for sure.
0: Yeah. We had nine possessions by the way, um, Bobby. So we were close on that and it's it's why it was just so ugly is there was a lot. We just had a problem with finishing the whole day, finishing on third downs, finishing on fourth downs on the defense and then on offensive side of the ball, we got the ball on their side of the 50 um, three times where we didn't score. And that's not acceptable. I understand one of them was a missed field goal, but whenever you're punting on their side of the 50 twice, that you should not be doing that as an Oklahoma center football team. Um, And I'll say this, Ty, and we can move on just talking more about just breaking down the offense and everything, is, yeah, a lot of fans are going to think that this is the Oklahoma teams of late. But that is just because we are broken goods because we are just hurt and we have old scars that are beginning to open up again. But this is a completely different wound in my opinion. We have completely different problems that we have not really had as an Oklahoma team recently. And Spencer Rattler is at the pinnacle of all of them. And I really want to hit him whenever we go over the offense. But tell me, how has he improved from last year? And has he digressed from last year? He looks very eerily similar to the quarterback that was playing at the beginning of the year and then had to get pulled in Texas. Um, he's not throwing um, receivers open enough. He's throwing in a triple coverage. He's throwing off his back foot. He's making, he's, he's a basketball shooter. He's taking fadeaway threes every single time. He's not setting his feet. He's not thrown into throws. He doesn't look comfortable. And Lincoln Riley isn't doing a justice to him either. And there's not a lot of guys running open like we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah. And let's just dive right into the offense um, and continue to talk about Rattler because like you said, you know, a lot of these issues are with Rattler. He's playing outside of the offense. He's making these just ridiculous throws that one, that one triple coverage one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly
0: the same thing from Tulane, the exact same kind of thing happened and got picked off. It was very, very brought back. Like I was having deja vu. Do
1: you think it's, do you think it's a situation where he's not like being coachable or do you think he's like overly confident? Do you think Lincoln's just kind of letting him do whatever he wants? I, who knows? I just, I, it's just that, that is the type of the throw. That is the type of throw that you just shouldn't do.
0: Yeah. And whenever you make the same mistake twice, you get worried. Um I think a, one of it is, I think that we are not having these breakthrough plays. Like our halfbacks, um and our tight ends are non-existent in our offense these past couple games. Austin Sogner's not making an impact. Braden Willis is barely, I barely even noticed him on the field. If he wouldn't have single digit number, I wouldn't even notice he's on the field. And Jeremiah Hall, the same thing. So those are big time things in Lincoln Riley offense. We're not getting it there. And another thing with Spencer, I would not be surprised if he has some kind of like hurt shoulder or something because he just doesn't have zing on his on his throws. You know, he's it just doesn't look right. Um I like. I, I would not be surprised that after the season we see something come up that he has to do like a tiny little repair that he just kind of played through the season because there's a lot of things that we can attribute to him mentally doing the wrong thing, but at the same time physically he's not making the throws that we have always known him to be because he has one of the best arms that's came through Oklahoma and the past has you know athletically his arm is the best that we've seen. I don't even know if you can compare it to many quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I, I know f- football people smarter than me are, 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 have said that uh, the biggest issue is with his footwork. Um, mm-hmm.
0: with, it is th- with it the way he's
1: throwing. With it, f- mm-hmm. and you know that's you—you you, you, got to be disciplined. And, uh, the, it, it goes all the way down the line. The lack of discipline on this team—it's—it's it, it, it's tough, and it really kind of hit this team in the ass. Ty, I'm sorry. I would like to hear your thoughts on the yeah,
0: no. uh,
2: I so I you guys. You guys have really nailed. I, I just want to say I, I agree with everything both you guys have said about about Rattler. Uh, the really the one Rattler take I've been hearing because it's been the talking point of of everyone and, and everything. I, I I have not yet bought into the idea that it's like the NIL has any factor to it whatsoever. You know I'm not I'm not buying into the the idea that because he did a commercial with a car dealership. He's playing poorly. I just, I, it, it's not off the table for me, but I have not seen anything that that shows me that. Uh, but what I do want to point out, um, and and I'm not trying to make you know excuses or anything for for Rattler because his play has been not up to par. Um, but it's I, we really don't have any great receivers. I, I it, you can I think you can argue it looking at the stat line, but like Hazelwood was our leading receiver and he had some wide open, just atrocious drops and atrocious, if you go back and watch the, the game, just atrocious zero-effort plays out there that are just inexcusable. And it, it, it always comes back to the same thing. Drake Stoops should not be... Drake Stoops is an amazing player, amazing dude, but Drake Stoops should not be a starting receiver or a receiver that is playing and getting good play time and effort at a top-five team. He just shouldn't. And the fact that he just by pure effort and love of the game is able to literally, cause he earned his spot. He's not given that spot on the team. You know, maybe he could get a spot on the team cause his dad, but he's not earning, you know, first half, first quarter crunch time, you know, key receptions where he's getting open and, and getting the ball. Right. His dad did not, is not getting him the amount of play and the quality of play that he's earned. He's getting that because it really seems to me like out of the receiving core, he's one of the very few dudes that actually cares and is actually out there putting out on every play that he's on the field. I understand yeah. he has fewer plays than other people. I understand people have, have injuries and everything else, and I, I don't think that Mims is is part of this group. And I don't think Stogner part of this group or any of the tight ends because that's a completely different animal. But a lot of the other receivers have not lived up to the hype they're supposed to, and I think that that is causing a lot of the issues here. Because if we had a superstar wide receiver on this team, I think we would be thinking very differently about Rattler right now. I,
1: I feel like you're right. Hazelwood did have a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde game. There were a lot of things I didn't like, you know, some bad drops, but there were a lot of things I did like from him. Um, and I, I feel like... This has been a, his I, best
2: game. This was possibly his best game yet ever in an OU, OU uniform that I've seen. And then yeah. some of the other guys are extremely talented, but like Mario Williams, amazing game, but he's five nine. Like it, it, you just can't, you know, you can't really do a whole lot with that at receiver when, when you got someone that short. Like it's just, it's I don't know. I, I really think that the receivers are not getting, not that they should be blamed for, you know, Rattler, but you look at Rattler's stat line, you know, and it's not bad. And that's one of the enigmas, right, is his, he doesn't really put up that bad of stats, but I think his interceptions this season are going to go way up when we start playing competent secondaries.
1: Yeah, no, I I could see that, and you know, I, I feel like a lot of the reasons why Spencer's stats look good is because they were great in that second half. Other Outside of the two possessions when we were inside our own 10 at the very end of the game, we, we started out that second half and we were looked great, I would say. Um, but just want to say about uh, Hazelwood real quick. I think he had a had Jekyll and Hyde game, pretty good. Keep in mind he is coming back after that uh, that that injury uh, from last year. Have to get in a rhythm a little bit. Not trying to give him too much excuses, but I, he's developing. Uh, in terms of Drake Stoops, though, that guy. Spoiler alert: he's my he's my game ball. Uh, the amount of the amount of grit from this kid, uh, making the clutch plays in the right ty- uh, right. C- not just like the big plays, like that, um, that really, really big catch after the, um, believe it was pass interference. It was, a, it was a long second and 20 situation. Um, not, not just the big plays that stand out, but, uh, he, he had this incredible block in the, uh, in the, in the first half as well that just set open a, a massive, uh, I believe Hazelwood run. Um, so I, I, I get that. You, you know, uh, you, you wish that everyone played with that energy, I would say, but um, I feel you, Jamison. Your thoughts on the receivers, Hazelwood, Stoops,
0: etc. The way we're playing Hazelwood, he's a number two wide receiver. Um, he his ability, like I said, and I was concerned about it is um, he's his pro, his uh, pro comparison coming into the season by like uh, two four seven sports had him at Keenan Allen. But he's not Keenan Allen. He doesn't automatically get open. He's just a possessive wide receiver. He's more of a, I'm going to throw back shoulder and I'm going to catch it every time. But I'm not going to get open in the middle of the field just because my route running. While he does have good route running, he just has a struggle to get open. And that lateral quickness might have been lost in that ACL reconstruction. Mario Williams is the guy that we need to turn to be the new number one wide receiver. But like Ty said, he's small and he is a true freshman. So he's still doing really, really well. Like if you're talking about growing pains, he's a true freshman, so you gotta move on from that. Um but the tight ends and halfbacks not being um you know a big thing in this offense. I don't know if that's just something that we're moving on from because maybe we just don't like Spencer doesn't like that, you know, as much as our quarterbacks of the past, but it's just weird. It just doesn't make uh much sense from Lincoln Riley's standpoint.
1: It just feels like we fall in love with the long ball too much. Um instead of trying to, you know make easy, simpler plays, move down the field. We're just like chucking the ball down threes, you know, three straight possessions. Um, And, you know, not only do you forget about the running, the running backs in terms of the passing game, you forget about them in the running game. Uh, We, we didn't, we did not use Brooks and Gray nearly enough in this game. I think Uh, both were fantastic when they got the touches, I thought, Uh, especially running. Yeah. When they weren't running them out on sweeps or right down the middle, you know, that kind of 3-4 gap type of running scheme, downhill running, I thought was was really good. Um, but, you know, offensively, I feel like Lincoln, um, either he's saving some stuff for later or he, he's just lost his zip a little bit as a play caller maybe. I don't know.
2: I So I think it really – I don't know. And, and this is – I'm not trying to, you know, talk us in a circle here, but, you know – it. The way that the plays work is obviously Lincoln is, is making the decisions of calling them, but there's primary looks, but there's always other options. And it really looks to me when you rewatch the tapes, you know, we're always talking about these double, triple coverage things. I, I don't know that our quarterback is looking at anything but just the primary or the long look. And and honestly, looking back at, at all the games this season, uh, including that um Missouri State, whatever. I'm. I'm not even trying to make a joke here. About Western Carolina. Um, it's like sometimes <laughs> I think he just never does anything but focuses on the long, even when the long, um, you know, route isn't is clearly not even the primary one or the first look. It's just everything else is ignored, and we're just like pressing X or whatever to just lob it into the long guy, regardless of what the coverage, because there's like triple coverage. Like the dude's not even open. The dude's not even turned around. Like the timing doesn't even look right. Yeah. And Rattler's still trying to force the play.
0: Yeah. He's it's keying not- in on wide receivers. It's it's as simple as that. He's no who He's throwing the ball to before the option um, is presented to himself. That's why Mike Woods for the second game in a row was wide freaking open. And he doesn't throw him the ball. He does obviously. He doesn't have a good enough relationship with Mike Woods that he's not thrown into him enough. You know, last week with the Western Carolina was set up with no cornerback in front of him on the goal line. Didn't even look at him. And this one, he was open the whole route. He was running free the whole route, and they threw it to the guy in front of him. Well, I think Hazel was in front of him on the left side, yep. um, and you know Woods was going up for a touchdown easy. Uh, you see that if you're not tunnel visioned, and that's a huge, huge problem for quarterbacks in general, and a bad sign moving forward. Well, I mean, that one was egregious because you saw the Nebraska defender just go
1: straight, just ignore uh, Woods entirely, head straight for it. It wouldn't have been a hard read at all. But I, again, I'm not a quarterback. This is literal Sunday morning quarterbacking. But um, I think that's I, a, that's a go ahead, Ty.
2: Yeah, well, so I do want to say on on the offense and on on Rattler especially specifically I already kind of touched on it on the receivers, um, Rattler's not a bad quarterback by any measure. It's just there are expectations at Oklahoma obviously, and there is a, a standard and a very recent very you can't have a higher you know legacy to live up to in the past couple of years at Oklahoma at the quarterback position. But he played into that. You know, he had all that hype and and everything else. You know, he he embraced that. He was not shy about any of that at all. You know, he he accepted that and and owned that. And now he's not not necessarily playing badly. I I mean, I don't want to, I hear a lot of people say he's playing badly. I, I don't remember if you guys have or not. I don't agree with that. He's just not living up to expectations. Same thing with, you know, like some of the receivers like Hazelwood, like I mentioned, they're not playing badly. By any measure, but they're not living up to the expectations of Oklahoma. They're not living up to the expectations of a top five or of a competitive playoff team, and they're not living up to their own personal expectations that they came in with. So maybe it's a developmental issue with with the coaching, you know. I, and I, it's a whole other conspiracy theory. But Lincoln Riley did inherit a very successful system, and we haven't seen any upward movement there. We we really haven't. You know, we've continued on the path that we were on. Uh, We haven't necessarily gotten worse, but we haven't gotten better either by any metric. So I'm sure you can look at stat lines or whatever, but winning the Big 12, losing the playoffs is what he inherited, and that's what we've continued to do. So,
1: well, I. I don't know if I fully agree with that, um, and you know, it's I, I I see where you're coming from, and you know, there's a lot of time to still judge on uh, that. You know, we don't we don't we we have, we've just started painting the the picture of this season, but right, it, it it's not trending in the right way, and if it keeps trending that way. I think you have a really good point there, but I don't think it will. I think this team's going to improve. I think there's a lot more room to grow. They just have to figure it out fast uh, because this is the type of stuff they get to beat at Kansas State. This is the type of stuff they get to beat anywhere in the Big Twelve, um, except for maybe Kansas. Uh, even even though Kansas has Bean, who oh, th- I don't even I, I don't even know if Bean played this week, but there's <laughs> so much good content for the Picks Pod between Bean and Boko and Oh uh, God, I, the Picks. Yeah. Y'all got to listen out for that pick spot. It's, it's good. Um, but anyways, let's do offensive game balls real quick. We're already already running a little long. There's a lot to talk about for sure. Uh, Jameson, real quick. Who do you got a zero game ball?
0: Uh, You know, this is a tough one for me, but I'm going to go with Kennedy Brooks uh, just the running back room. You just could give to Eric Gray too. We should have ran the ball more plain and simple. Not much more to talk about there. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, We we did kind of bury that uh, point a little bit. Uh, Apologies to that, but just, you know, underline, uh, run the dang ball over and over again. Uh, Ty, who do you got?
2: Yeah, Not to piggyback or be confrontational with with Jameson, but I have, I had Eric Gray. Uh, I think he, I think he's cemented. When you look at the stat lines, it's not that clear, but I think in this game, he really cemented himself as a firm RB one for OU uh, going forward this season, so I had I had Gray and yeah run the damn ball, yeah
1: yeah yep yeah. run to the run the damn ball, uh, and I had my spicy pick of drink Stoops that I mentioned earlier. Just a lot of <laughs> just just a just a gritty performance, uh, great catches, great stuff uh, between the margins as well. Uh, probably a little too spicy to give it to him, uh, but you know hey I I liked him. I thought he did good. He, he stuck he stuck out as a uh, as a as a playmaker for me. Moving on to the defense, Um, there was some good, there was some bad. Uh, Let's start with the good, though. Let's be an optimistic podcast. Offensive line, I felt like pressured uh, Adrian Martinez quite a bit. Um, I believe they got six sacks on the evening. Uh, Could have been more, but Martinez was slippery. What did you think of the the D-line, Jameson?
0: Yeah, it was five sacks, and um, I think that there are a lot of times I wish that we would have gotten even more pressure because that's how good our defensive line is. But there are a lot of good things to say from it. I'm not going to nitpick it too much. I think Jalen Redman had his best game of the season, a kind of guy that has been kind of getting lost in the weeds of a really good defensive lineman doing his part, filling the gaps, but not making big-time plays. Um, he definitely popped in this game. And Nick Benito, once again, I'm going to say it the third week in a row, is showing you why he's going to be a first-round pick. The pass rushing, um, you know, like prowess that he brings, and his QB pressure percentage is just unbelievable. And with another two sacks, um, if we didn't have that D line and that pressure, I would have been extremely worried for our secondary.
1: Yeah, and and, and I mean that's that's kind of what the defensive. That's kind of what Nebraska really did was they waited back for the pressure and uh, just just try to throw it long before it uh, actually. Actually came or slipped Taylor Martinez out and have, the, have them have him do a little run. He didn't really get a big uh, breakaway run or anything. Um, their their running back did not do awful, um, not great either. Um, but yeah, uh, that that pressure was key. Ty, your
2: thoughts on the D line? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, just the D line specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. The- Great. I, I think there's not a whole lot to, to complain about. I, like Jameson said, you know, I, I think we all would have loved more pressure. I think that's a schematic thing um, that, that there wasn't. Uh, but, you know, we held them to, I think 2.3 yards per carry, if I remember right, maybe 2.5, uh, which is good. Cause they had like 40 attempts. So 40 attempts, less than hundred yards rushing. Uh, love to see that. And, and I don't even think those counted the, the scrambles that were, an ad, um, that were sort of gotten, you know, behind, behind the line. So I think that is a, I don't think there's a whole lot to, to complain about there. I mean, defensively, I, I don't really have any gripes with anything forward of the secondary. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that, that was a really, really,
1: really the big issue we're big plays and yet you you just have to point to the secondary for that. You can talk about, you know, the amount of injuries we've had, you know, no Woody Washington, no Billy Bowman. Um, but, but in general, it's just, it's just, it's just unacceptable. Um, giving up, you know, third and longs giving up, you know, that one particular fourth, fourth down and long. It just, it just can't happen. Um, Jameson, your thoughts on the replacements <laughs> guys who, uh, filled in, um, what do, how, how how do you think uh, the secondary performed, and how
0: how do you fix that? How do you get better? It's it's a good question, and here is a huge thing that a lot of people are getting some pushback on. I don't think DJ Graham had a good game at all. Um, there were so many plays where he was just not playing good coverage, was just playing the the good old you know Mike Stoops. Uh, I'm going to play a couple yards off the receiver. I'm not going to let him do anything, and then they're just going to catch the ball in front of me. There's nothing that he's doing to stop it. He's not playing up tight. You know, he's not playing press coverage. He's not pushing them. Or he's, you know, even if he's playing off. Um, oh, what's what's Ty got for me here? I, I hear him writing down something. i I was gonna
2: say uh, DJ Graham had I haven't seen it in years from OU. We saw Zach Sanchez take over someone's body. Play just <laughs> atrociously the entire game, and then have a ridiculous interception that's thrown to them to cover up just the terrible of play <laughs> in the rest of the game and the terrible coverage. That's it was exactly unexpected. what it was. I'm literally watching the game. I was like, "Oh my god, is Zach Sanchez reincarnate?" And, and the fact that it accidentally like hurt us a little bit made it even
0: more Sanchezy. And yeah, Lincoln said he was going to think about challenging the call to take it away from from Graham on it. That is how funny it is. He actually did
1: try to challenge it, and the ref <laughs> told him like, "No, nope, like they've already confirmed it." So he's like, "I'm, I'm not even going to
2: try." <laughs> that interception is declined. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. Gosh. But but moving forward with the secondary, you know, with the cornerback position, there's not too much depth. You know, um, Latra McCutcheon is like another true freshman that still – he has some bright spots, but at the same time, he's just – he's so skinny and so young, there's only so much you can do there. Jaden Davis is just your middle of the ground, will do some things that upset you, but most of the time will just play solid. Um, but Woody Washington is so key to be in this defense because he has the ball skills and the cover skills that we needed. And DJ Graham, you know, he's he was a wide receiver um, that just luckily played some defensive back and got a bunch of big-time plays last year that made his name big, you know, because he's an athlete. We saw it. He made the catch. He made a lot of good interceptions last year as well. So um, let's not forget that this is an athlete, and he's still working on being a defensive back. Moving forward, I don't know what you all think about this. Um, there we, we threw out a different couple different uh, formations trying to fill that nickelback position, who's going to be our nickelback of the future, you know, Jeremiah Cordell, I don't know what's wrong with him. He must be super duper slow and can't even play. That's probably why his forty time was listed at four eight something in high school. You can't play speed D if you're running four eight something. I think Delaron Turner at nickelback and Key Lawrence at safety is our best bet, but we didn't start with that.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Key Lawrence did an all right job filling in there. Um, he 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 did have a couple moments, um, but you know uh, it's tough. It's uh, I. I don't know what you do there. Ty.
2: Yeah, it's I don't I don't know if I have an answer with with the personnel we have. Either it's just a, we we look we just look really young, which is weird because we're really not uh when it comes to to I obviously with the replacements and stuff, you know, and in this sort of specific game. Um that's a different factor, but even with you know a full healthy roster, we just look younger than we should as a as a secondary which is which is odd
0: we just yeah, look- we have we have broils out there too you know who played a lot um you know in this new just shifting everybody around but is doing the same thing that we've seen all the time you know he's always just one step behind and just gets caught over him yeah i mean he looks the
1: exact same he as he did, you know when you were sticking him out on an island against, uh, I believe LSU at the time. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, it's disappointing. But um, you know, this is an this is still early. That's the only thing that's kind of getting me through this is it's an early season thing. We've seen what I thought was a pretty garbage OU team last year uh, turn it around into one of the better defensive units in college football. I mean, so honestly, maybe it could happen again. It just you. you it, it just maybe some time or I don't know. They did uh, a second straight kind of disappointing performance. I don't know if that'll snap you, snap you back or not, but I don't know. Mm. We, 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 need Billy Bowman healthy. Here's, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah. Here's it, not to jump the gun, but just my, and I haven't heard any other media talk about this, which I think is kind of odd. Um, But if, if I, again, not to jump the gun, my defensive game ball, is a secondary because without a blocked and returned PAT and then Nebraska's two missed field goals, this game could have been 23 to 21. Like this game was three kicks, three plays away from OU straight up losing. Um, You know, because you take away those those two points, add their one point had they made it, and then add six points for two made field goals, uh, which is plausible. Obviously, you know, if there's a whole, you know, butterfly effect, you know, had they made it, maybe we got the ball back and and scored or or something. But, you know, as it it lays, um, and again, holding someone to 16 points or even 23 points is not bad necessarily from the defense. And then it does become more of an offensive question. But um, this game was three special teams plays away, uh, not even three, it it could have been just two of them, um, away from us losing the game. So that's a it's important factor that I haven't really heard anyone mention.
1: Yeah, and a better team a better team beats OU here. Um Nebraska for uh, obviously can talk about their weaknesses. Didn't have a lot of major playmakers all things considered. Um you know, they they made a lot of mistakes. The, they, the for as many mistakes as OU made, Nebraska was making tons of mistakes. Personal fouls uh the two false starts to start the game off um just just sloppy little tiny dumb things that you know oh you did not take advantage of um to get them off the field and it's just you know it's 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 frustrating and you know you got you, you just when you have an opportunity given to you, you you just have to take it and this team just never never really did
0: yeah, for sure. And we've got to talk about that block extra point because it was yes, it was a three point turnaround, but it was huge for momentum. It definitely gave it was the revitalizing point of that second half that was needed moving forward. Um so yeah, definitely shout out for that. But let's move on to our game balls, Bobby. I'm I'm just gonna start it off for the defense. Uh, it's gotta be Nick Manito. I'm gonna say it again for the episode for the twice second time, and um we'll probably say it again for the rest of the season. First round pick the amount of pressure he puts on the quarterback helps all 10 other players on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to get fancy with mine. Uh, it's Nick Benito as well. Um, and you know, I, he just was that flat out, um, was the key to this game. His ability of, uh, keeping Adrian Martinez in check in terms of, you know, no big runs kind of being that, uh, spy type of, uh, you know, player where he was—he always was kind of on Martinez. Um, he he came in clutch and uh, he he did his job, applied pressure. So it, it's got to be Benito for me.
2: Ty, yeah. So uh, ignoring the, the the you know whole special teams, like I said, and the obvious Nebraska kicker uh, joke, I'll just go. I'll kind of <laughs> change it up, but but keep on my theme, I'll go with Pat Fields, nine tackles, and then that um hundred plus yard two point uh return. So
1: yeah. I mean Jamison mentioned momentum swing. That was a hell of a momentum swing. That that stadium went from dead to like, you know, hey, let's go. This was exciting. You know, it it really sprung board uh the Sooners into um, you know, a a, a decent rest of that game. Uh if only poor Marvin Mims just, you know, if only Mims would just like let the ball go out of bounds, I think we would have had a, a better offensive drive to kind of wrap that thing up. But um, you know, you, you do with what you do what you can. <laughs> All right, defensive game ball's over. Offensive game ball's over. Let's close the book on this game. Move on to West Virginia.
2: I have a Time. final
1: thought. I promise it's
2: quick. Absolutely, I do want to say ultimately, same thoughts as the Tulane game. At the end of the day. If things go better, it's a W in the win column. And I, it, part of me, as the non-OU fan, just fan of college football, is kind of happy that it was like this because I want to give a huge shout-out to all the Nebraska fans. They traveled amazingly. They were, you know, I, as far as I saw, a great guests. I'm sure there's some exceptions somewhere. But Nebraska traveled amazingly, was the most away fans I've ever seen in the stadium. Um It was crazy. They came out, they tailgated in in force and they just really came out for the love of the game. So I am glad that the Nebraska fans had something to, you know, make it worth their trip. Even if it's sold loss, they can really hold their head up high uh, and say that they gave us their best shot. So as a fan of the sport, I am glad that that happened as much as I hate it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, the the, the Nebraska fans were awesome. Uh, Truly not just nice, but like they were loud. They were doing their chants, um, but not being like abrasive or annoying. They just, you know, they they, they love the sport as much as we do. And it it was just a really cool atmosphere Um, and just truly, truly uh, pleasant people to be around. Uh, Would not recommend it uh, even more. That, like, could not recommend it more. Um, definitely try to get out to
0: Lincoln if you have the chance.
1: Uh, Jamison, your final thoughts?
0: Yeah, if we're gonna talk about Nebraska fan experiences, I'll, I'll put the other side. I had these nice aisle seats that were gifted to me um, for the game, and uh, but there's no one sitting to to my far right, so we had a couple of seats to our right that were empty. And so as, like, one of us was in the bathroom, this old, old man, like, late 80s comes down and sits right into the aisle seat and takes it. And I don't have the heart to kick him out of it. And I was like, they're all nice Nebraska fans. And then the game started to get bad. And as soon as he got up, I said, he ain't coming back. I ain't letting him. So we we took the seat back and he walked back and I just gave him the look like, sorry, buddy, you got to find another seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so I would like to say that old old man Nebraska fan, I'm sorry, but I had to do it for the brand and I felt like we would have lost the game if you would have
1: said <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be the alpha and, you know, kick out an old man from his aisle seat. I said nothing malicious to him. I just gave him the look and he understood. That's all he needed to know. That's incredible. Oh, man. All right. Let's move on to West Virginia. Um, if you've been following the Picks pod or our previews, we are relatively low on the on the Mountaineers. But with that being said, they did, you just did get a pretty big win against uh, Virginia Tech. Um, and, you know, they seem to be turning around a bit. So, Jameson, I, I know you've kind of been higher on uh, West Virginia than me and Ty. Uh, your thoughts about West Virginia going into this week's game? Do they pose a threat?
0: I think that um, it's a different kind of game and on the offense side of the ball that we haven't faced yet. And it's their running back is their best player, and everything goes through him. Letty Brown, he absolutely dominated in the game versus Virginia Tech, rushed for 161 yards on 19 carries. And, you know, Jarrett Dagey is a below average to average quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. But, you know, whenever you have the run game going like that and you have a running back like, um, you know, Letty Brown, the passing game will open up. So one thing that we've done well, this, these past three games, as we've done really well against the running backs and against the run. Um, so hopefully that matches up well for us moving forward. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, absolutely. That, um, let, Brown is, is fantastic. He had that 80 yard touchdown against the Hokies. Um, that was uh, obviously the difference maker. Um, Ty, your thoughts on the Mountaineers?
2: Yeah, I I am super uh, happy um, for for the way that they're well, super confident in the way that their offenses is, is sort of based versus uh, the strengths of our our defense. I would be very worried uh, if it wasn't a uh, you know very running back, especially with just a single running back heavy. Offense, because I feel like I've heard this story before over and over with uh, Puka Williams, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, you go back and name, you know, scrub Big Twelve teams that have a single great running back that you hear about all season, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's blah blah <laughs> blah," and then they put up less than a hundred yards um, against OU, against an atrocious OU defense, and I that's what I expect here. I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know. You're the biggest fish in the small ponds, uh, but you're still probably not a very big fish.
0: Yeah. I will say this, though. Brees Hall did work us, you know, for the past couple of years, and that is a really big time running back. But the difference makers in those Iowa State games was also in the pack- passing attack. You know, this their six-foot sixers taking down our five-foot nine and teners. Yeah. Well, they, so, weren't, um, they weren't
2: one-dimensional, like, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And West Virginia doesn't have the same, like, like Jameson said, they don't have the same tight ends. Uh, they don't just punish you like that. Um, and I will say, I will say for this Virginia Tech game, I, I wouldn't, I mean, yes, West Virginia did what they needed to do to win. However, if you look at the game, if you look at the tail of the tape, West Ver- or Virginia Tech absolutely blew this game entirely. They missed the field goal within their own like 20, and then they turned it over on downs twice in um, West Virginia territory, uh, just right at the red zone. So the the Hokies really botched that thing. Uh, but I will say, you know, you, you kind of got to give it up to West Virginia for bowing up and, you know, having good goal line stands, I guess. But um, just just honestly, this, this West Virginia team, maybe not as good as they look um, in terms of a team that beat a top 25 opponent but we'll see. Um, I mean, last week I was predicting OU to potentially drop, you know, 60 on Nebraska. So I'm going to start shoving up now about, um, my expectations for the Sooners. Uh, but you know, this, this is a good, this is a good, um, I think this is a good season opener for, uh, OU because it's a high, it's a relatively good team. Um, but they're not like incredibly scary. You can make mistakes, uh, it's a good. It's a good place to grow and get better from. Uh, mm. If they're if they're playing Kansas State right off the bat,
0: that'd be a little
1: nerve wracking. Uh, but- I
0: I disagree. I'd rather be playing K State right now than West Virginia. I understand K State played very very well versus um, Nevada, but I, I just I, West Virginia is you know like yes they they played already a couple big games. They're in the thick of it. You know, like, you know, they play in Maryland and then playing Virginia Tech last week. Those are competitive games. You know, their their armor is already beaten and they're ready to come out and to a night game in Norman. You know, their spread opened up at 17. That's right. And that, you know, OU's just spreads are going to keep on dropping everything because we're not even close to covering them recently. But um, playing the other side of this as well is at least it's a night game. Um, Oklahoma in my limited uh, sample size of three, uh, we have not covered the spread in any of our morning games, but in our night games we have demolished the spreads. So just <laughs> think about that moving forward. That's definitely the uh the deciding factor there. Excellent <laughs> okay. observation. Oh oh Bobby, what's what's the forecast looking like for Saturday? Oh, yes. Let's
1: it, it's looking it's- like
0: Ooh, a, a low of 59 on Saturday. Oh,
1: yes, please. So, it's oh going to get a little
0: nippy. It's going to get a little nippy. A tad a tad nippish?
1: Ooh, I like that. Uh yeah, high of 88 too, so like during the day, still pretty hot, but all things considered, it's going to be a nice like pretty chill fall evening, hopefully. Uh this weekend was just sweltering. Uh they sold out of
2: waters in the fr- second quarter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. This weekend was
2: rough. It's like September twentieth. Like, well, it's I guess it's the nineteenth when we're recording this. Yeah, it's it's hot. It, it, it can I take, hot. can I take
0: a second and do on a, like like the Gooner shift of the pod? I talking yes. about a Gooner experience I saw. So I was I was going into the Oklahoma uh, or the Joe Castiglione's Twitter post. That apologizing about the stands and everything about how they're, they have a lack of employment because, you know, just it's just a crappy time in the U.S. right now. And I found this one Gooner lady, some old lady complaining about the people that were coming to buy three beers in front of her the whole time as she's sitting there dehydrated and sweating. She wants to bring in her own water bottles. <laughs> And I'm like, don't do this! No, 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 no! You're going against the young folk. You're trying to say that they don't deserve to be buying beer in front of you in a free country. In a free country, and you take away my beer? How dare you! And it just started this whole back and forth of this poor old lady's tweet, who she didn't respond to anything, but it created a huge thread. Of oh people. my god.
1: <laughs> I I mean honestly they should just have like water only stands. I think that would work totally fine. But oh and so many this, people do that. Exactly. This poor old lady. You know she just she just wanted her water. But yeah, you know, maybe don't get in the bickel of ultraline to get your water. <laughs> Oh, but Jesus. it's just it's
0: just too it's just too funny. She's like, bring in your own water bottle. I was like, oh no, please don't let people do that. <laughs> that is just <laughs> a recipe for just just absolute Tito's just overdose of alcohol, just passing out in the in the in the bleachers. I, I don't know what you're talking about with Tito's. I, I only know like Popov and Burnett's. So oh yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Why am I even saying brand names? Like, they don't even <laughs> sponsor. They don't even sponsor us.
2: Sponsorships. Popov <laughs> <will laughs> say. Uh, the employment uh, in the stadium, the the number of sort of event staff employees, is definitely lower because observations from the student section where I still sit, uh, as a legitimate student, I might add, not the sort of student ticket fraud that a lot of young alumni do. Um, there is a <laughs> significantly higher amount of drug and alcohol and tobacco use uh, in the student section. Compared to the normal baseline, uh, because there's just like a non existent security staff over there. You know, in, in years past, especially last year with the COVID year, because uh, it seemed like they had, you know, a full normal staff, but then fewer people, you know, they'd have like snipers watching the stadium for vape clouds and, and <laughs> weed and stuff like that. And like you would, you'd see people hit, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to say that people are doing drugs in the stadium, but, and then like 30 seconds later, there'd be like 50 like CSC event staff, like high schoolers, and then OUPD there escorting people out. Now people are just like straight up, and I'm not saying I've seen this because I don't think that would be strictly legal, but um, hypothetically, like there's people just straight up using their medication, we'll use air quotes for that, uh, just overtly in the student section, like just sitting there. And I'm not talking like in a pen. I'm talking like a lighter and an actual fire (laughs) and paper and leaves are involved and there's nobody, there's no staff there. So (laughs) student section, absolutely electric atmosphere.
0: Oh my, in my god. By electric,
2: I mean Snoop Dogg concert. Uh, this I,
0: uh, is this is a gateway. This is bad. This is getting bad, Ty. Have you oh seen no. this in one year progression? The, the devil's lettuce gateway drug. We're gonna be doing peyote in the in this in <laughs> <laughs> It's just gonna be a full-on rave
1: in this collection. Oh imagine doing pe- imagine doing peyote at a football <laughs> game, watching like 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 the boomer and sooner costumed mascots.
2: I'm just imagining <laughs> OU West Virginia. Everyone's wearing like compression shorts and like mesh with just glow sticks. And, like, uh, just I, I, full I, I, on rave. Everyone's got those dots on their faces, you know that oh people do. I, I feel like
1: I would. I would look down at my corny dog and it would start talking to me like the logo. You know. <laughs> have you been? Eat, have you been eating corny dogs, Bobby? No, I haven't had one yet.
0: Okay, good. Well, uh, I was worried. All I'm not to lie about in it. it. It would have in been this cursed. economy. <laughs> it would
2: have, it would have cursed the season, but I was standing there uh yesterday looking at the Fletcher's line thinking about it.
0: I'll say this. One, okay, you should not eat a corny dog outside of the Texas State Fair because it just feels like treason. Two, how dare you taking a spot in the line of our poor old woman, Becky, trying to get a wall? <laughs> no, I didn't. I
2: didn't. I was going to do it up in the student section. But you thought, already... about, you thought about dehydrating and killing that old woman.
1: You thought about killing <laughs> Becky. That's BS. <laughs> Sorry to the actual Beckys out there. Oh, my gosh. All right, folks. This is a, this is a good thought um i tried to keep it sponsored clean yeah, it was it was very sponsor clean it's legal it's a medication man it's totally fine um but um yeah no i i, I uh i think that's all we have for this week jameson <laughs> final thoughts
0: yeah really nothing um hit, hit me with a crew and corner we'll do a quick uh one minute crew quarter real quick i just want to just say there's not much to talk about, but let's just David. Say yes. What is this, David? This is a. corner with Jamison.
2: Everybody dancing. <laughs> oh, that's nice.
0: Just really quick. Um, I really want to hit on. We don't have any like analysis or impending, you know, commits, but we just want to know that who was here and who had a good time. So Relic Brown was here, and according to his, you know, social media, looks like he's having a really good time. And like I said, it was us versus USC. He has a kid in California. Would he go to USC and stay close? I don't think anyone wants to go to USC right now. It, it Dumpster fire. And him coming to OU that weekend after that happened, and, you know, good momentum, looked like he had a good time. And they are putting on some pretty cool things on the Jumbotron at the game for recruiting. Um, good experience. Um, next off, I want to hit on Cam Dewberry, He's a guy that you probably haven't heard his name too much moving forward. But according to Rivals, he's a five-star offensive tackle um, out of Texas. And, you know, a lot of people thinking he's a Texas A&M person. But he's starting to lean towards OU now. And he had a good time of the visit as well. Um, him and Bill Beatenbar, Bill are really, really close. Um, so that is a name to move um, – to look at moving forward. Awesome. Yeah, I, I we're kind of in – what I
1: would refer to as who's having fun season where we just try to see who's having a good time at various college campuses.
0: So, mm-hmm. And they're going to have fun the majority of the places they go at the photo shoots, but it's, it just shows you that, you know, it's nice getting in relief really into campus. And one of the most important commits right now with no other wide receiver commits in this class to where we can get him in our little area and manipulate him and tell him what he needs to hear and push them away from USC. Even if there is anything needed to be pushed.
1: Now here's an important
0: question. Were there
1: any breakfast items thrown at uh, our guy, Relique Brown?
0: No, but he did put on the, um, the golden hat. Um, and he showed his gold, uh, his gold grill with it. So it was all gold, everything. Well, Technically Fletcher's
1: corny dogs are breakfast items in my book. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> thank you, Jameson for the
2: crew corner. Much appreciated as always. Uh, hi, any final thoughts? No, I think we need to cut it off because I'm I'm this close to going on a monologue about how Red River, uh, we should absolutely by any metric bring back the gold accented uniforms. There's no reason to get rid of them, and I don't want to go on a 20 minute. It's not the time for that. I might just do my own podcast, Red River Week. I like it.
1: Let's hold on for that. Let's just uh, we can we can do just monologue season. I love it. Um, <laughs> just just release like. Every day, a different random monologue about how OU Texas can be either improved or needs to change or uh, the SEC
2: sticker's Yeah, I totally forgot it. Uh, It's okay. Fans fans of the podcast, terrible debacle this weekend. Uh, The cowboy hat was left at school and was not. I didn't have access to it during the tailgate in the game. That's a very unfortunate.
0: people. People that don't know that made you sound like a high schooler, like a middle schooler. Like I left my backpack <laughs> at school. How do you leave a cowboy hat at a college
2: room? So I, I I'm a, I, I, my major. Uh, we have our own studio area, and like I have like my desk that's mine and only mine, and like our our uh, building, and then our room that only we have access to, and stuff. So I can leave a good bit of of things there.
1: Yeah, you were wearing a bucket hat, and I believe I the the exact quote where I needed the cowboy hat for a presentation. Um, it did. I committed it to did. it
2: too hard. <laughs> I, I keep meaning to go to the store and get a black one uh, to embrace. Or OU is evil. Uh, ooh,
1: ooh, I like that idea.
2: Just anytime you have have a take that you feel like
1: spicy about, you just throw on the black. Hat. Well, no,
2: this one just straight up does not fit. So. That is also true <laughs> uh,
1: for those listening. The cowboy hat uh, never actually does does fit so all right everyone thank y'all so much for listening to the schooner pod presented by the pigskin podcast network we are uh doing our best to put out that good content out there um if you have not checked it out make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel as well uh you can find all of these in video form there as well as uh such great stuff as the schooner simulation presented by Michael Whitman, uh, puts together a really good NCAA uh, 14 sim of the upcoming game. Look for the West Virginia uh, preview to be coming up soon there. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Football Feast, presented by myself, where I uh, attempt to make foods and botch them, such as the (laughs) Runza episode that just went up last week. Uh, Let me tell you, folks, that one was special. This week we have pepperoni rolls, which are equally dumb, uh we use the same roll We use the same like dough uh went better than the runza but you definitely some
2: issues uh runza it, sounds like something that arkansas fans would yell like it's not thing. <laughs> runza 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 and thing i mean you're not wrong i, love
1: I just, it just I love makes me just think of diarrhea oh god food dough. uh i got a that's incredible. But anyways. All right, y'all. This has been the Schooner Pod. Presented by the Big Skin Podcast Network. We'll catch you next time. Have a good week. Boomer sooner. Runs